today we got Eddie Piddington on uh, both sides of the fence. Mate, the principal of Stone Manly? Partner? Oh, one of the partners. Partners. Yeah, I don't I know th- the difference, but... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, maybe just bring it a bit closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just bring it closer. It's all good. Um, mate, thanks for joining us on. Um, I've known about you for probably like 10 years, yeah. ever since I got in. I think you spoke or you were on stage or something at one of those Josh Vegan blueprints. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, a long time ago. I got rinsed on stage, by the way. He brought me up. It was like six months into real estate. And he goes, oh, we, we, you know, he bought me up and he made me do a role play with him. And right. I was supposed to be the agent, like doing a prospecting oh, call. Oh, that's pretty good, especially with him. I froze. I started sweating bullets. Oh, it was the worst. No, I had to sell a pen. That's what it was. It was shocking. But, um, mate, thanks for jumping on. Um, can we start off with a little bit of a, a, an, an intro into you and, and your journey so far in real estate? Because you've had a pretty cool journey selling in um, Manly yep. and selling some pretty cool properties. Yeah, thank you. So the journey, I got into real estate straight as I finished school. So as 18, we moved straight. I, I grew up in the Lure in the Blue Mountains. Yep. So pretty normal area. And then I thought... The how it all started actually. So my uncle John was in real estate. He was a really good agent over in like uh, Sylvania Waters area. And then he always had really quick cars, big boats, big property. And I was like, that's what I want one day. Mm. And then I love my cars. I'm really into cars still to today. And I remember saying to him, man, I want to, I'm going to get in and be a car salesman because mm. I want to sell like really nice premium and high-end cars. And then he said to me, like, mate, you need to have a thing. You can either be the guy selling the car or buying the car. Because if you want to be the guy buying them and driving these supercars, you got to go and sell real estate. Ah. And I was like, okay, makes sense. So school was no good. It was a waste of time for me. You know, we didn't do a lot there, but I went to a good school and good education and then decided to do real estate. And then a traineeship came up in Mossman. So I was thinking it's a good area coming from the Blue Mountains. I didn't know a lot of core areas and things. I have a focus. So moved to Mossman, traineeship, 26000 a year. It's pretty good. Moved you by know. yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moved down, really? just threw myself straight in. Mum wow. gave me a car. had to drive mum's car around because I couldn't Crazy. afford a car at the time. And then I just worked through the ranks. I was there as a receptionist into like a property officer, then left there and went to LJ Hooker Manly as like a rental person and then worked through rental property manager there into a sales, like an admin PA and went to Cunningham's property near here yeah. and Clark and Hummel. And then I was at McGrath, so it was before all of that. And then to Clark and Hummel, then to Cunningham's, then back to here to Stone. Yeah. Which is the same people that were at McGrath back in the day. So I've seen a lot. This is over about 10 years now. So yeah. I've jumped ship a little bit. And at the time, I always tried to focus on who was doing the best at the time and jump into those offices to learn and to progress my own career and profile. Smart. That's the, that's the background. How did you get into the, um, the beaches side? I think... It was a bit of a fluke, to be honest. Like, we, I started in Mossman, and then mm. I just wanted to go to the next step and a new job, and then there was an opportunity at LJ Hooker Manly, when I, which is a good office, and I was super junior then, and it was just a progression. I don't think I'd ever been to Manly. So it wasn't mm. having a huge love for yeah. the area or anything like that. 17 years later, I'm still here. I remember mum said you could go to the east, but she's like, they'll chew you up and spit you out over there. <laughs> you know, so, so competitive, you know. But um, yeah, now it's 17 years later, I'm still here, manly. Love it. Yeah. Did you end up getting the dream car? Yeah, yeah, I've had some cars. <laughs> I like my cars. Yeah, that never stops. It keeps driving me, right? That's why we're here doing this. What are you driving now? Uh, I've got a couple of cars. We've got a G wagon, which is like a Jeez. daily, or that's that's for Jessica officially. Yeah. Except she doesn't <laughs> drive it. And then a 911 as well. 
And nice. then we got something else on order, but that's not coming yet. Wow. We're waiting for them to build that. That'll be good. Killer. That yeah. seems special. Yes. Mate, um, how long ago did you start as your own agent, move from a, come up the ranks from an associate to an agent? We were only looking at this the other day, and I think it was about six years ago. It was interesting because when I, maybe six or seven years ago, I decided to go out and be on my own agent and then mm. failed pretty miserably. I think I did like two or three deals in the year. Mm. So it was pretty rubbish and then stepped back. I think mm. it's a really good learning for new agents, mm. associate agents, younger agents. Everyone comes into our business and sees all the cars and the toys and wants to get it immediately. And that's mm. our new generation that we worked with. And I think sometimes it's better. I had to. I learned the hard way to take one step back, work in mm. a team, get better exposure, get better learning before I then went out on my mm. own. So I think it's about six years now. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like so you you were doing a, a co-agent associate role for ten years ish. Yeah, but PM before that. PM I was only before that. Eighteen, coming out of school, so it was a fair bit of property officer, PM, yeah. leasing, all of that over the first start. Yeah, a, a lot of agents, especially um, especially within my office, they're they're very eager to go off on their own mm. ASAP. Yeah, what would your be? Uh, what would your advice be to to younger agents that have been in the business for you know six twelve months? How long would you expect them to stay? In general, I know everyone's different, but yeah. in general, I think it's the opposite. Like I think the team yeah. is great. It's the ultimate. Like if you look at some of the best teams in the country. A lot of them, like they have great agents, but within a team, I don't mm. see the, I mean, there's a bit of ego about I'm the boss, I'm my own guy, but mm. even Lachlan that's in my team, he's only been doing it six, seven months now, so he's still learning a lot. But like, I'm hoping that's a kind of three year plus thing. And I think yep. he feels the same way where not about us making more, him making more out of my team or in my team, but just better exposure, create some fun together. You can, you know, you're a team, mm. you're having a good mm. time. As we all know, you can go out on your own quickly and it's not fun. Yeah. It can be the, quite the opposite, you know, if you're not doing the deals. Kev talked about it today in our office. It's fun when you're doing good and it's not much <laughs> fun if you're not going well, you know. Yeah. So you had this huge ego to be my own agent, look how cool I am. If you're not getting the runs on the board, so yeah, in summary, I think the team's the ultimate. I reckon it's a three-year thing. Yeah, I agree. And why even, I don't know why you have to even go out on your own. Yeah, it's true. Some people make great money, like big, big Massive dollars. Money. Yeah, yeah. Working with some of the best. Yeah, I know. When did the confidence piece come in for you? I'm just trying to think. I remember when I was at McGrath years ago, John McGrath, I did, I did something big in a month or in a week and some of the guys remember what it is I don't actually remember exactly what it was but it was a story where I was up against so our office was in Manly and I went for an, a listing up in Northbridge and I had something like six months experience and I was up against a local guy who had six years experience and I got the deal and it was at 2.75% and we sold wow. it prior to auction all this stuff it was like a, just a killer campaign it was quite a good property at that time it was like two and a half which now be like maybe six or something. So it's pretty high end, not crazy, yeah. but fairly high end. But John got us up and did this thing with me. And he said, he's like, in this industry, if you're good enough, you're old enough, which yeah. is good because I was always younger mm -hmm. then and things. And that was a bit of a confidence mentally to go, well, I just got to know my staff and study and work harder than anyone else to give me the confidence to do it. But yeah, I don't know when, if there was a breaking point, but that just comes straight to mind. Is, is confidence for you forever shaping and moving or do you feel you're at a place now where it doesn't necessarily matter the situation, you can go in with the suit on and feel you can handle any situation? 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, we're learning every day. Confidence is a word, is an interesting word because there's confidence leans on the cusp of ego and that which is a dangerous area to play in and things as well. But I feel, I don't know, you said, is it forever shaping? I don't know if it's a confidence that's just shaping, but my ability and tonality and strategy, that's always shaping. The confidence is at a level where I'm fairly comfortable, you know, I, know, mm. I feel I know what I'm doing and things and I have my client's best interest at heart always so we're telling the truth and we're out there to hustle and get them every last dollar and cents. So I don't think, I don't think the confidence changes, more just maybe my ability or my presentation shifts with time as I get better and learn more and learn in new markets and different people. I think that's a big thing. If he's selling mm. his house, I'll treat him a certain way. If you're selling yours, it'll be a different meeting mm. probably just to adapt and match and mirror and all the strategies. So, mm. yeah, I think it all ties into confidence, but I don't know how to answer that exactly. Yeah. Um, you live out of area, so you yeah. live in the east. Yeah. Um, oh, which part? In Double Bay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So is there Sorry, a... we both have weird suits on, so <laughs> <laughs> no one else in Manly does. Yeah. So um, is, that, is, is that a strategic thing to live out of area? No, not a strategic thing. I've been here 17 years or 16, call it, out of, after Mossman. Still got our property here, which is good. It's rented out. We haven't sold that and mentally shifted there forever. I think it was just during the lockdown and wanting a change, you know, and it's a nice thing. Like, strategically, it's good because you don't see everyone you know all the time. So mm. it feels mentally when I'm here and in this area, I'm, I'm purely working, hustling, and we're on. And then when we're over there, it's like a switch off. Sometimes mm. like a bit of a holiday. Like, you go on that holiday and you turn into a different energy level and things like that and then when you're here you're on a different energy as well but we chose there because of the ferries like it's funny mm. some of our colleagues don't live exactly in manly and for them to drive to work with the traffic takes more time than me getting the ferry yeah, it feels wow. like over there is the middle of nowhere but i get on the ferry i usually have my headphones on like this i have my laptop and all my all my admin everything out of the way in the morning no disturbances while people are driving to work you can't do any admin one awesome. of the car stays here so it's good it seems like it's a big thing but it's not really oh, right. one of my friends who's a good agent which everyone would know doesn't live in his core area so I never live in my core area I don't want to be there I want to be out of it yeah and sells a lot so I don't think you have to some people are the opposite want to be seen every yeah, five minutes funny. and all of that we had a podcast with Jen Carr from oh, yeah. Lewis Carr in West Penn Hills and she's a massive advocate for living yeah. in a core area yeah look it's interesting I mean Depends, like, your, I suppose, your crew and your, like, um, target market of sellers. Mm. Like, I don't have kids in that. So, like, maybe mm. if, if I had kids and I want them at the local school so I can see everyone and all that. But, like, if you go and analyse your accountant, like, the, the biggest people you trust in your life, like, if you've got lawyers or solicitors or accountants, I don't care where they live. Yeah. And, oh, he's always at the school picking up the kids. I couldn't. Yeah. you know yeah. like he's good and he's dialed and he knows his <clears throat> stuff I don't care if they live in Penrith or where they live I'll yeah. use them because I have full trust in their ability so I feel that it's a different approach it's not the wrong approach but it's more if you want to really be in that network and see yeah. everyone in the morning having a swim and, and then in the afternoon I'm picking up the kids at school and they all mm -hmm. see me I don't know it's different the hard thing is for me so I live in Borkham Hills and Alphys is obviously in Borkham Hills um I can't just go in my pajamas. Yeah. Like I just can't go to the cafe. You can't do that double bay either, bro. No, yeah, <laughs> of course you can. Um, yeah, well, that's it. I can't there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a different thing, you know. And I don't know. It's not right or wrong because it's good if people are seeing you. You're networking. You're talking all the time. But you got to want to do that too. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, that's why I'm looking to move lower north shore. There you go. Um, there's always chatter in the industry of people uh, when they 
getting good that agents start to think about um, buying in or starting up their own agency. Mm -hmm. What's the reason you wanted to become a partner within Stone Manly and and how has it changed your career and your day-to-day? Why Stone Manly? In all of the our competitors in this area, like mm-hmm. most of the officers, when I break them down and analyze them, there's one power agent and then a lot of, well, not a lot of, but several other agents in the office. Mm-hmm. And then I analyze that as if I'm going to buy into that company and that guy gets hit by a car, mm-hmm. the company can be worth nothing, really, from a, if you're talking yeah. buying into businesses and things like that. So the one thing with Stone, which I loved, is like we have four partners here and all the top partners are big riders. So if, mm. like, we've been away recently, two two of the senior partners here vanished for a month, revenue didn't change, dividends didn't change, still lots of sales, still lots of listings, versus in some businesses where it's leaning on one person, one that's too much pressure on me. Like, I could start my own, but I had no interest in doing that because it's all me and it's high yep. pressure and that. Maybe can make more money if it was if I was that committed. Yeah. But I'd rather have balance. I'm doing a lot about balance with life right now. Mm. So I liked it that there's four power agents and then four partners. Plus, I like all the people that were here. Really good rent roll. Very strong branding. Our market share in Manly is extremely strong, which is helps. <laughs> so it was a bit of a combo. Analyzing it from quite strategically, and then also you know one of my best mates, Tim's one of my partners, and he's here. We have fun and. Mm-hmm. So it's a good, fun place to come to. If you're coming 12 hours a day, yep. you want to be able to hang out and have a good time. What was the driver? Was it just um, like the driver to actually go do this? Or was it the uncle saying, if you want to, <laughs> still wanting like more cars, more <laughs> yeah. cars, more votes? Um, yeah. No, a bit of well, that always. We're driving and thriving to push to the next level. Like that's our yeah. job, as we all know. Um, I think buying in, like I'm mid 30s now, you probably hit a break. Not a break point, but a time and you think like, well, what's next? You know, yep. we get bored easy. That's why we're in this job. Yep. We're always hustling and thinking and going next step. So I think you get to a level and say, well, what's next for me? I want to be part of something. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's been good to be that. And, you know, not a lot changes. We're still hustling every day. Mm. There's no slowing down or going harder. But you just do it because you care and it's mm. for everyone. And it's different in here, you know, to see some of that junior agents thrive and things like that. That's, that's cool. That's rewarding. What is next? Poor. Oh. <laughs> Do you do any development or property yourself? Yeah, yeah, we flip stuff on the side. So, like, since I was born, that's probably how I got into real estate, minus the uncle. Like, my mum and I are really close, and that's where she made a lot of her money. Like, I think we did about nine properties in Lura in the Blue Mountains where we'd, we'd buy them, yeah. renovate them, flip them. Wow. Yeah, and then I that's saw cool. that whole process. It's really cool. I think that's what drove me, because I'd always remember from a young age, if the agent nailed it, I'd get, like, new push bike or whatever I wanted at the time. <laughs> if you didn't nail it, I'm not getting any new toys. I think that's what why I'm here now, trying to drive for our clients. So we did nine up there. I think we've done four or five in Sydney, like in the east and, and obviously in the north, Manly and Fairlight and that. So yeah, we've done a heap of flipping in that, which has always been good. I like that. It's a yeah. side kind of project mm-hmm. for the brain and things and it's enjoyable at the same time. You can live in it, no CGT. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you asked me a question when I was speaking to your team about um, what changed when uh, when I started to see exponential growth. Mm. Um, obviously, you went out first time, didn't work out well, came back into a team. What changed the second time around? What made it work the second time around? I think it's it's pure discipline. Mm. You know, like I train my guys here and say so it's like the gym. If you go to the gym every effing day and mm. do the stuff, something's going to happen. You cannot go and eat properly and all that and have no result. And I feel it's like in the business, 
if you go to the gym and fuck around and talk to mm. people, there's not, nothing going to happen. You go to the gym and do 100 crunches every day and eat well, something will change over time. So I feel like mentally it's discipline. You know, if I was to give you just one word, but then the discipline's reminding yourself of the why. I remember someone, a coach said to me once, why is it in an office, the guy sitting there, right, fucking there, can take home a million a year and the guy two doors, two seats down, takes home 110 grand a year? Why? Same area, same phone, same office, same energy, same culture. There's obviously a difference. What is it? And I think, it, like Kevin said it in our thing, you just said it back to us. It's about outworking everyone else. I think mentally, if I'm going to be here eight hours a day, I'm going to be here and I'm going to work. Yeah. You know, like in come in and do nothing. Mm. And I feel like bad. Like I, I have pressure on myself. If I come in and don't prospect and don't do the actions that lead to cash, you feel bad? Yeah, you do. So like if you if you wake up hungover or you're tired, I'm not going to the gym today, two hours later, you're like, oh, I don't <laughs> go to the gym. So I think that's probably what it is. It's pure discipline and the re- behind the discipline, I think each individual has to have a why. Mm. You can't just say, I want to do it, I want to do it. Why do you want to do it? Oh, because mm. I really need to do this. I want to pay this out. I want to help mum with that. Whatever's driving heavily in here will give you the action and the discipline to do it. Things are a little bit different now. I'm guessing before you were working, you know, six, seven days a week. Yeah. Now, um, cut you need, but um, yeah. you 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 work only. Uh, you 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 have a different work work life balance now. Yeah. What changed? What why did that change? And how did how has it helped you with um, your life now? I think like. Um like I do a fair bit of stuff with Dr. Fred Gross and like um, if people should know him, yeah. like a really good life coach and that. And he, years ago, I'd never done the big trip, the big holiday. Mm. And you know what it's like is you're trying to hustle and get into this business and make cash. It's like no days off, no minutes off. have to be here seven days a week. I did all that, of course, which everyone has to do. Do you think that's a prerequisite to get to where you are? Yeah. Probably. Mm. The hustle is hard, really. We all know it. It's like the gym thing I say. Mm. You can go to the gym twice a week, still fat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I speak from experience. <laughs> you go to the gym six days, seven days a week. Yeah. It's a different game, right? So it's a bit, bit similar on this front from the, from the business. But um, I'm just trying to think how I wanted to answer that or where I was going with that. Oh, yeah, the balance. So, so yeah, Fred says, so Fred says about living and all of that, so I have to do the, the, the trip. And every time I found I've done the trip and had more time off, I'd make more money, which yeah. is weird. So really? Having, yeah, 100%. When did you do the first trip? How long ago was that? It was for my 30th, I remember. So that's, okay. that was six, five years ago. How big was the trip? Four weeks. Okay. Never done it before, stayed in great places. Like, that's hectic for me. Mm. Usually I have two days off and I feel bad. So it was a big one to have that commitment, but having that commitment, one, knowing it would cost a lot, mm-hmm. and two, knowing it was coming up, I think the whole six months before, you're hustling harder than ever, want to make money in case, worrying, and then come back, same again, I've had my trip, I've got my debt, now I want to hustle and pay it all. So I think doing that's definitely helped, you know, and then it's just living, life's so short, man. Every day you hear about stories, someone getting ill or something happening, and it's like, it's good here, but I'd rather come in like when I'm here, I'm here and I'm fucking like on. Like mm. it's just deal. Like we're just working really. I, I believe that there's no mucking around. There's no chatting and stuff. Like I'm, if I'm in the office, we're here and hustling. Mm. And then if I'm out, I'm out. So yeah, we'll, we'll be here four or five days a week. It's enough mm. to yep. do it. Versus someone could come in six days and do F4. I'll still outwork them, being yeah. here and being fully committed to it. But yeah, I'm, I like my balance now. Yeah. 
I, I think it makes you like, man, like I was doing seven days a week, as you know, but towards once you're getting a bit of traction and even the Sundays, you're not door knocking, you're doing the open home, uh, open homes. You kind of feel a lot more tired, uh, mm. especially I did. And when I was started, obviously dropping the days down, I worked better. And yeah, this is yeah. it too. I know that I went through that when I went from six days to five, more stuff got done. Yeah, mm. you come in here because you feel like you need to be here. Again, yeah. it's like the guy going to the gym, chatting to everyone because yeah. he's gone to the gym versus yeah. getting in, getting out. That yeah, that's true. I really agree on that. And I remember that too. Hundred percent. And yeah, you're you're a lot more recharged. Um, and especially yeah, same thing as what you're saying. Like if you know that your your competitors might be working a day longer, you're going to work way more effective. I see so many guys and especially some, some, sometimes like everyone's guilty of it. Even I'm guilty of it, but guys in my office, they'll be, um, they'll stay 12 hours, 13 mm. hours, yeah. but they're probably only working eight. Yeah. And it's like, at best. Yeah. It's mm. like, well, yeah, you might as well just work eight. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. I'll come in for six and get out, you know, but I'm here for six, yeah. fully committed and hard for six hours and do what counts versus playing around for 12. hundred percent. Yeah. The we deals heaps. Yeah. I agree. So, um, now that you're a principal, how's your day-to-day changed from just being an agent? Are you having to be a lot more involved with doing other things? Does it take, does it take your focus away from selling so much? No, because we know it's important not to. So we've got a good sales manager, Warren, you saw today, really good guy, helps us, comes in every Tuesday to run the sales meeting. He's not here full time. Gotcha. And he's like our sales manager slash sales coach. We do a lot with Fegan, with the team and things like that. Head of PM, we've got close to 700 managements. Wow. And we have Greg Wu's very experienced. So uh, as a partner, no, the best way we can help the business is to list and sell and make revenue. So that's still our all of our partners' key focus is that, to still bring it in, which is better for everyone in the long run. Mm. But we have good staff, good sales manager, Warren, to manage that stuff. So his job today, he'll be here the whole day in this room doing one-on-one with every single agent in the office. How are you going? What are you struggling with? Where are you at? How's the numbers? What's happening? So pure accountability with every single agent in the office, anyone from PM that wants that, and he just comes in once a week and does it. It's good. I could do it, but I'm not I'm not as good as he is. It, it, I come in for the meeting and mm. get told what to do. It's good. Nice. But no, but it's better, I think, than standing around going, oh, I'm a principal, I have to do this, I have to do that. It's a waste of time. My time's better spent doing the dollar productive stuff. Um, some advice for agents that are just starting out and finding their feet but not uh, trying to find out where they want to actually sell. Um, so there's a guy in my team, Nick, who's um, loves real estate, been in real estate for six months now, doing really, really well, um, wants to do Northern Beaches like Avalon or something. Oh, yeah. When do you suggest someone like that does that or when even before they get into real estate or starting to get into real estate and they see their eyes on a different area, particularly than where they're at, what would you suggest in that in that position? Do you reckon they just stick it out for two, three years or do you reckon they move ASAP? It's a good call. I think you've got to work out why, like why that area. Like you've got to analyse this business if it's like a hobby and, a, and it is a lifestyle, which I get, mm. but is it a hobby and a lifestyle or is it a career and cash, really? Mm. Like, they're quite different. Like, like it's funny here in Manly, mm. like, when you come here, and even for you boys, you see the beach, you see the harbour, mm. and there's, like, cool restaurants, and mm. if, like, imagine working here. Mm. And we don't go to any of them. 
Yeah. I've been to the beach in years. I don't go to the restaurants like you really? guys and hang around. No, I don't have time. Like we're yeah. here to work oh, and wow. make the cash. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting. You, you can get off on the idea of, oh, I moved to this beach area and I can go That's for a so walk true. on the beach every day. No, yeah. I'm here hustling, you know, yeah. like this is the office. So I think with the areas, one, you've got to work out why you want that area. Mm-hmm. But there's some great agents. Like even our, my business inside Stone, we do a fair bit in Manly and Surrounds. But then we there's a suburb called Manly Vale, which is pretty normal, careful what I say, suburb, and we have heaps of revenue out of there. No, it's not beachfront. No, there's not $6 million apartments, but there's fucking heaps of turnover. Bread the competition's low. Make heaps of cash. It's fine. I'm cool. I'll go there, you know. Yeah. So it's funny where I could sit here going, oh, I want to be the penthouse apartment king of Manly and make no money, you know. And so for him coming back, if it's him as an example, one, he's got to say, well, why do you want Avalon? I don't even know how much turnover is in Avalon, you know. And then two, if you are that passionate, then you probably got to go. I yeah. like Double Bay. I lived there. I love Double Bay, but I probably wouldn't go there to work because I don't, I don't know if I'd make it. <laughs> Too competitive. Well, Manly seems like it would be obviously a very competitive spot. Why did you Why did you move from – did you ask this? You did. Lower North Shore to Manly? Yeah, like it's only Mossman here. It just yeah. naturally happened and then I never left. There's 72 agents in Manly. Yeah, give you an idea. And there's a fair bit of turnover, but there's a lot. So, yeah, it is super competitive. But it's like, as you know, like when you get that three to five year period, I look back and go, I wouldn't do this again. Like it's mm. tough. You know, I could change areas all the time. I could change, but yeah. heavy, heavy commitment. Then it's back to the seven days a week. Do I really want to do that and hopefully make it, mm. you know, versus now we're in that momentum state we talked about in that other meeting. And it's good. It's fine. It's cool. You know, um, you've sold some big dollar, uh, big dollar houses. How do you break into that market? Like, how did you get your foot into the, into the door of these five, six million dollar properties? First one was a referral, really cool. So a builder. It's funny too. Like the the high end stock is all here, you know. And a lot of those high end sales are easier than anything else. Yeah. Wow. You know, like I reckon, like it's. I'm thinking the stock I've got on now. Like even as an example, we've got one on, Tim in my office had one on Saturday. It's like quoting five to five and a half million. He'll get, he got 28 groups through it, interest pumping. And then there's a unit I've got on here for 900. No one, no interest, really? can't give it away. Mm. You know, and the commission split, it, like the split, but the commission there on available is so much bigger. Then you analyze who you're meeting at those open so much better. You know, where you're up to the old place. Oh, we haven't sold yet. Oh, ours is worth three and a half. So you then in a better space so how do we crack it i did one probably the first one i did there's a few but probably the first one of recent that was a good story it was a referral which came from a bni group they're all over sydney that i'm in do you B&I. Know yeah in manly Still 12 years this day? yes wow yeah someone's in there like you've been in 12 years i was like Whoa, wow <laughs> so i did that as like a junior and all that and used to try That's and get awesome. leads wow. yeah it is good occasionally you don't get anything and then this one the builders like oh my friend has to sell you should call her i said yeah okay called her and she said, yeah come on up and I went up and we listed that sold it and like I was up against other agents too I was in Seaforth we listed that and sold it I think it was like 21 days it was 8.1 mil and the oh. com was like 2.2 percent oh which was really good but then once you get one it's easy to get the others then we listed another one down the road that was a referral from Alex Phillips we sold that for 6.6 then from the 6.6 I met a nice Chinese guy and it's funny but it's all about open homes as well so the 6.6 sale Really nice Chinese client, Tim. He just, we just fucking fell in love. He's a legend. We're mates now. He came through, he's just walking past. And then 
he said, I don't like this one. I want something bigger, like a thousand square meters. That's fine. That was on one week. Then the next week I was back at the 6-6 sale. An older couple came in from down the road. So we're up to yours. Oh, we've got this one. We might sell it. So I'll pop in. I'll give you some numbers. No worries. Popped in there, listed that off market. So we sold the 6-6. I sold Tim into that one for 7-5. And then I listed Tim's house on Bly Crescent and then sold that for 7-5. Oh. But you wouldn't have got the 6-6 without the 8-1. And without the 6-6, I wouldn't have met the Tim, which was two seven five deals, which wow. is 15. So it's like 30 million in sales, which started with one <coughs> referral and not... They're not easy, those deals, but... So moral of the story, go to B&I. Go to B&I, bro. <laughs> yeah, good call, actually. Yeah, it all started with that. And there's some others, but that was a cool and worked to open homes. So tell me, I'm curious about the routine mm. you follow at the moment, working what you do. How do you maximise yourself as an individual, both from a work perspective, but outside of work, either as a partner or a father or, you know, whatever role you've got to take on outside of... Real estate, what do you, what's your routine look like? Routine's really good at the moment. So recently, Fegan and Alex Phillips, who I talked to a bit, both of them are into Peloton. So they got me into Peloton, which is this new electric bike, uh, like an exercise bike, but insane. Really? Like it's the most insane thing you've ever like got. Like hard? No, well, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but it's like the interaction and the technology behind it's oh, crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But in your house. Yeah, that's awesome. So they do like it. Turns and stuff? No, no, no. Just like exercise. Like what you'd find in the gym. It's like, oh. like, this, like when you're training for a triathlon, instead yeah, yeah. of riding on the road, you ride on this bike. Oh, so it just the, yeah. maps it out. Yeah. But, it, gotcha. but the tech in it and the addiction, it makes you fucking addicted to it. <laughs> like it's really cool. So routine-wise, why did I get that? Because I can train at 4, 5, 6 a.m. as early as I want, like the boys have been doing. So I'll get up and do that, or I have a personal trainer, which will always get up probably about 5.30. We're pretty good from that point of view, except from the weekend. Not crazy early, but 5, 5.30. And then we get the ferry to work most of the time. I'll drive in one day and then leave the car here for the week, and then I'll get the ferry most other days, unless it's pouring rain and things like that, um, and do my admin. And then when we're here, 9 a.m. meeting with my team, and then we do the a.m. People talk about ideal weeks. We try and stick to a.m. in the office, p.m. out of the office. That's yeah. enough. I yep. used to have ideal weeks, but like 9 to 9.30, I do this. 9.30 or 10, I do this. 10, 11, no, it's too advanced. I just think morning we're on the phones, mm. Arvo, we're in front of people. I think with the calls, if you don't do them in the morning, they'll never get done. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I do them the Savo, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so then that, but then Jess and I, it's just Jess and I, and we're close, but we have really good holidays, you know, like I said, and Kev was talking about before, we've always got something to look forward to, and they're big and they're good holidays, mm. and... Yeah, we hustle hard, but when I'm here, I'm on. But I don't. I'm not here at eight o'clock at night or anything like that anymore. So mm. I'm pretty good, I reckon. Yeah, got good routine, good balance. What about is nutrition? Is that a big part of your? Yeah, Monday to Friday only. <laughs> <laughs> so our goal is like we have all these. Um, this lady Alexa, she's really good actually. I don't know her Instagram off the top of my head, but for anyone that's interested, because I've always tried. Because the hard thing is living in Double Bay. You get home yeah. from here, it's a long way. Mm. You know, and then I don't want to cook and things, but I want to be healthy. You think of Uber Eats, none of it's that healthy. Mm. So, so she does all our pre-cooked meals for the week, but it's like not, what are those things like healthy chef and then I find a bad nutrition, or well, not them, I don't want to talk about a brand, but all of that, some of that pre-cooked stuff isn't. So she does all that for us. So that's really good from a nutrition level. Then on the weekend, I kind of say I'll do what I want because I, I have to have a, a mm. balance. So this Alexa, is it, 
is it a like is that a private chef type of thing? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a girl in um, East Gardens. Like she's a trainer and she does it as well. I have her Instagram somewhere. So she um, makes heaps of meals? Yeah, she does. I don't know if she does Day Jay, but she does David as well. And yeah, that. really? David put me onto her. But like, yeah, it's like a normal girl, cooks it, tells you all the macro, <laughs> micro stuff. So it's not like Kidding. a big mass produced thing. Yeah, wow, it's amazing. Cool. So you get 10 meals, lunch, dinner, all done through the week. And then the nutrition wise, I try and have my muesli here. So I get up, train, rush into the office mentally. Needs to get me here so I can eat eat at home. Then I'm I'm not quickly in. So yeah, I'll do the same actually. Yeah, yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. I use Bondi meal prep. That's yeah, it's similar to that. It's just a smaller boutique thing. I just couldn't find the right one. I might check that out. Yeah, it's really good. Tastes good. Um, for your younger guys, I know obviously you mentioned um, the guy that works with you now. What do their days look like? So, yeah, Locke's been here six months. He came out of selling at JB Hi-Fi. So he's got sales, training, but no exposure to real estate. So Green, which has been good, you know, he's he's good and he's hungry and he's learning every day. So his biggest thing is calling, you know. He's paid a, a salary with incentives in place and it's it, like I keep trying to train him because he, he'll get some money out of mortgage referrals, property management referrals, things like that as well. But... The biggest thing I'm trying to coach him on is just listing, 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 which it could be I could push him more into a buyer manager role. But to be a great buyer manager, if I put him out on his own next year, can't list, can't prospect, not going to make any money as we know. So I'm really trying to mould him as like a junior agent. So he's mostly calls most of the day. I'll take him to not every appraisal, any appraisal he books will go together. Um, Some set to sell meetings I'll bring him into. So I'm giving him exposure, deal exposure, anything he lists his second name on and then anything in Manly Valley second name on too. So we're building his name around. But he knows the biggest job is just the calls. That's yep. where he's going to make his cash. So he's, he's really good at prospecting, mostly just through my database. Most Any door knocking? Nah. And I don't push it. I know yep. you, you're saying before it's good. Um, the only thing I'll push with door knocking is like an expired. Is there a reason why no door knocking? Because I know this is a pretty divisive thing throughout the industry. Some people like it, some yeah. people hate it. What, yeah, one, I think it's hard and it's mm. full on. Two, I just think you're searching through a list of people that may not have any interest. So the calls he'll do is like old OFIs. We know they've got some level of interest in real estate. They've come to our open for inspection. Are they selling? Are they leasing? Do they need a mortgage? Do they need a property management referral? Do they need to buy something, most mm. important? So to me, it's like there's already a list here of people that have some real estate interest. Mm. And then door knocking, you get a tenant, not a mm. waste of time, but it's not mm. dollar dollar there. You get someone that's never going to sell it. You get someone that no one there. I just I don't see the return on it yet. Mm. Again, if it's an expired, it's, it's saying it's black and white, that guy's trying to sell his house, mm. maybe go chat to him. That, that, mm. that I would see good merit in. The other one I don't. And, and we as a team don't do a lot in one area mm. so we're very spreaded like on Saturday we have a listing in Bagala, Fairlight, Manly, Manly, Manly Vale, Manly Vale like there's no so I'm not doing I'm not if I was really patch centric it might be different yeah. you're trying to meet everyone on one mm. street to get to know them just a slower burn I think. Have you ever been patch centric? Nah Sometimes yeah. I go on and off. Like I sometimes think, oh, we're going to do it, and then it doesn't do it. So, yeah, we're not really, hey. Price point? No. Nah. We'll take anything, as long as yeah. the right motivation's there and, you know, the strategy. Like, 
yeah, when we're selling those eight million dollar houses, we'll go from there to a one bedroom unit for eight fifty. Yeah, you know, it's a bit different, mm. but yeah, it's no, nah, we're not we don't. Which I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. But then I wonder in this shifting market, like if you specialize in the top end and it's not selling, well, not great, you know. But it, and it actually is in this market. But yeah, I don't know. We're pretty across everything. Yeah. The the way we view it at Manor is um not price point because in the hills you don't really have like you don't have five million dollar houses, right? Well, yeah. You might endure, but we don't sell that pocket. So. Most of our houses are in the across the whole office, probably across ten suburbs or anywhere between one to two and a half. That's the bulk of our stuff, so you can't really go into different price brackets so much. Yeah, but we are very much um, suburb centric, so wow. that we'll go some like for example, Balkham Hills is cut up between um, three agents. Castle is cut up within three agents, yeah. and they work one particular patch. The mindset about it is, I'm not sure if you've ever heard Alex Jordan from Agrar up in Queensland chat about it. You want to become so super, super well-known within that pocket that everyone just starts to call you and call you and yeah. call you and you build brand that it's not super, super spread out and shotgun approach is very much targeted. Um, but then you have people like Alexander Phillips and they like to 10 suburbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that just in yeah. the whole of Eastern suburbs. Yeah, he's got the whole in 20 suburbs. Yeah. Crazy. No, but, but what you're saying makes pure sense and you can never compare to Alex because he's the best, you know, he's mm. on another level. Um, but it makes sense. Like, mm. and I say to the boys, like, we'll go and sell something in a suburb and they'll say, do we do DLs? Do we do a letterbox drop? And it's nice, but it's the first one I've ever done. Mm. So why is the neighbour going, oh, there's Eddie again? No, never heard of me. Effectively, maybe they have, but yeah. it is. Mm. It's definitely that shotgun approach and we, we do okay still, but I do know if we were just nailing one server, oh, there's another sign, there's another sign. It's a, it is a much smarter approach, I think. Mm. Is there any reason why you haven't shifted towards that? No, I think we're, we're busy. Yeah. We're oh, busy. you guys are doing brilliant. Yeah, but, like, but that's why I think. You know, like yeah. maybe if I want to expand the team and have someone just for that suburb, we're trying to get like locked to focus a little bit on Manly Vale because I have yeah. my database there, which is pretty strong. Um, so it's happening kind of naturally, you know, in there yeah. and, they're, and they're busy and we've got some good runs on the board there. But look, I haven't. It would be better to. I just haven't done it. I guess when you're on such a hot run, it just doesn't like. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. It's like, hopefully, touch wood. Touch wood, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Do you um invest much of your time in higher leverage tasks like social media, and building the brand that way, and prospecting through, getting in front of as many contacts? I'm not. No. Um, with social media, I go. I, I'm, I'm. I'm very up and down with it. Like sometimes I delete Instagram for a month because I feel like I'm wasting time with it and that. We have it synced with Rate My Agent, I think it is. So it's always pushing my sales and listings through it without me knowing. So it's exposure, but never big investment. I just feel like if I analyze my Instagram, I don't think I have one client on it. Yeah. Mm. And most of the guys I have like might be like us. Mm. Us guys don't own $6 million places yeah. Mm. You know, no. like our clientele are older and stuff. And I just don't think anyone's going to list with someone off Insta, you know, like unless it's a different market. Mm. If I'm selling maybe further out west, not your area, but mm. like right out west where the young ones are buying and selling all the time mm. and they're in Insta, I feel like that might be a stronger market. I like Instagram from a brand awareness point of view. Mm. Like I know when we've pushed it before, we've said to lock them, make sure everything gets on it. People like other agents go, God, you guys are so busy. When We're not always, but perception's everything. And there's a lot of other agents in Sydney that do that as well. So nah, not to sell. The only time I have it is just... For networks, like Kev, oh, Ed's always selling in Manly. I'll refer mm. him something. 
Mm. That's where I see the very Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's an interesting one, the social media. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, we're going hard on it now. Like hard. Yeah. So we, uh, like even TikTok. We, wow. So, I've well, got one video now that's got 60,000 views. Just really? organic reach. Yeah. yeah. I don't even have TikTok. It's crazy. Wow. Jack, Jack um, Henderson's know. got like millions and millions. We're signing people up from his TikTok. Really? Yeah, I had someone today that. Just, wow. Well, more investors, but um, mate, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it is a good space. Yeah. I look at Alex, but like what he does, and he just you know shares it. stuff. Yeah, mm. and he's even use Instagram. He's on it. And I think he just shares like his team put it up, and he'll yeah. share it. So if you go on his really? page, you see him listing and selling heaps. But there isn't like like sometimes I think in the Insta space, the raw thing's better too. Yeah, it like is. where's the yeah. balance of. I don't know, a guy to probably go, I've just sold this, great people, blah, 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 versus a five grand production video. It's real yeah. hard balance. I don't, I don't know it at all. Too, yeah. too big a space, but it's massive. Someone said to me once, analyze how much, how much time someone spends at their letterbox versus how much time they spend on Instagram in a day. And oh, they're like, yeah. that's where you should be advertising. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes good sense. It's true. It's just, it's, and it's fun. It's actually so funny. Like I'll pull up my TikTok and the people commenting are, over the age of 40. Really? I um, swear to God. Like, you wouldn't believe your demographic. Everyone's on social now. Mm, that's why, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Jack, um, Jack Henderson, he came into our office last week. Yeah. And um, he was talking to us about his TikTok. And he goes, hey, was it like 20, or 20, 30 leads a week? Yeah, it's TikTok? crazy. Nuts. Nuts. And he's having yeah. like old people like 40 50 years old like look at this loser and all this type of stuff you you mate you don't know what you're talking about but he's getting so many leads off it wow. it's incredible so after that i made a decision this week i'm starting my good. tiktok yeah good man um that's good. I, don't, I, don't I don't know never, i've never <laughs> i've never had tiktok nah, man, <laughs> so um but yeah. i'm gonna give it a crack because look we're doing everything the normal way which is fine and we're getting good results but um, there's also an untapped, uh, untapped potential there where, especially in, I don't know about this marketplace, but in Kellyville in the Hills, like no agents doing that at all. I don't think there's one agent on TikTok. Wow. Well, there, there, there you go. And yeah. it's becoming the new thing quickly, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We'll give it a crack. We'll you let me know, I mean. then I'll look at it. <laughs> if you get 10 leads, then I'll download it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, in terms of, um, like I saw you at Josh Fagan's event, are you doing a lot of training um, and if so, what are you doing? Probably uh, not heaps, but yeah, a fair bit with Josh. So I'm in like his mastermind group. I think it's called Growth Mode or something. Yep. It's like a smaller, more intimate one he does. So we're in that. And then we took our office to prospecting school this year. Uh, Eric, I don't so much because it can be a bit wild, to be honest. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I come back better or worse sometimes <laughs> after there. So no, it's I think Josh is good. Like Blueprint's really good because it's like practical things you can do to get better. Eric, I go to more to like inspire you, pumps you up and you mm. feel like, wow, like, you know, but I like, yeah, that's pretty much most of what we're doing. It's just keeping inspired, keeping hungry. Are you, you reading know. books? Podcasts? Not much lately, really. Not as much as I used to. I got to yeah. get back into it since I've been yeah. away. Not as disciplined, but no, I need to get back into it. I used to listen to a lot more actually. So Podcasts? Yeah. Yeah, just Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. I was in a fair bit of Joe's because it's interesting, you know. Mm. Um... And then audio books I was downloading. Yeah, I need to get into it. I haven't actually. Mm. I had to get back, back into reading as well. What are your thoughts on the law of attraction? Yeah, 100%. Love nice it. Event. You go to our office right now, there's cars on the wall, there's yeah. watches, there's everything on there. Yeah, we're, we're like heavy, strong believers. Whether it, 
one of its law of attraction and two, it's about um, just why you're there. Sitting there at mm-hmm. 7 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you look, it reminds you, you know, that's why I'm here and doing it. Yeah, I'm, I believe heavily in it. I think it's good. Yeah, 100%. I, I think when I was working seven days a week and your mind's getting a bit lost when you don't know what day it is you're waking up going, is it Sunday? And it's like Thursday. Wow. I think that stuff kind of helped me through a big time. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is law of attraction. Like I'm attracting what I want to me. And whether... Whether that, w- I think it kind of helped my actions get there. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's law of attraction is real or not, but it definitely helped my help my uh, actions for sure. I think so. Like it, it's. I remember in Entourage because I love Entourage. They talk about it and they're like, I, I just don't believe if I dream I'll have a Ferrari and I'll walk out and I'll be there. <laughs> Except it doesn't happen. But I think definitely like like the why we were talking mm. about and stuff, and we know we've got to do the calls, we know we've got to book the appointments, but why? Mm. sit there that's why I want the watch I want the car I want the house whatever it is I want the holiday I want the trip you know yeah there's we just redid stuff there's tri- photos of holiday places in our office right now and more cars and all this shit but it works when you sit there hustling and it's a headache you're looking at, no no it's alright that's why I'm here do you write goals and affirmations or not more goals and affirmations like they're all in my phone and it's um, I was at someone's house on Saturday night who's inspiring a big agent I don't need to say who but and we're going through the house and then in his, in his bathroom, fucking bang on the wall. And I thought, yeah, it still works, hey? So that's yeah. inspired me again. I need to do it and pull it up on the wall every day. Yeah. You see it. The phone's good. Mm. I think it, the phone and the database, they're a bit similar where they're great, but you can put good things into them and then never get them. Yeah. So if you come into my office now, you'll see like all my top 10 sellers are just handwritten. You can barely read them on a piece of paper in front of me every day versus, oh, they're in category C inside the database and I won't look at mm, it. Mm. Same with the goals, seeing these things printed naturally. It's old school, but it works. They're there in front of us versus, well, my goals are in my phone now, but I've yeah, looked my, at them for a while. Me too. I, yeah. It's funny, I don't remember, probably, man, like, I think I wrote them in obviously in January. I think the last time I saw them was in January. See, so, um, I'm the same. I'm going to have to print them when print I get them back up, to the office. Print them put them somewhere. Yeah, it's it used to be a John McGrath thing. He used to say, he has them laminate in his shower every day. Yeah. So you're there doing your thing. You're looking, dialing, thinking, well, what are you going to do that day? It's better. We need to do it. Yeah, I'm going to redo it for sure. 100% today. So, um, how many goals do you have? They're, they're all split up. So there's like health, personal, business, wealth. Car. Car, that's personal. Um, what else is in there? That's probably the main ones. There's, a, there's a four different categories. There's probably like five in each. Yep. Dr. Fred says we can have 5,000. Yeah. 5,000? Yeah. He's like, you should have a, a note just with like wow. thousands of goals, which we all probably have in here. He's like, it's about dreaming and bringing them out. You know, like there's just little things like I want to eat at this restaurant. I want to meet this mm-hmm. person. I want to fly here, do this, fly this way, drive this car, whatever. There is a lot. And yeah. you have to sit there for an hour and pull them out. I haven't done it, but it's amazing when you think of it like that. But we just got clear, pretty clear goals. Yeah, yeah. I, I did um, I did some training with Nick Stewart a few years oh, ago. Yeah, I mean, and he, um, he made me do 111 goals. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. That was really hard. Like I had stuff like I want to buy some new Nikes. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. At least you tick it all off. It's true. So it worked. Like I actually did tick a lot off, but like it was just, I don't know if I'd have that many. It's something to do, you get more out of doing that process than yeah. having them. Yeah. I think like it's it, like if you study psychology, it's like delving into your heart and your brain about what like makes you excited, makes you happy about than just getting the Nikes. Mm. But it's like, that's what I want and it's mm. good for you. Mm. True. We did a thing actually on goals. It's cool. 
Jess and I, my partner, she sent it to me the other day, maybe like five years ago when we got together, we were out and we were like, we'll do some goals stuff or places we wanted to visit or something. And she found it in her notes and she's like, look at this. And there was like, every single one was empty. It was maybe like 10, 12 places. And now every single one's full except for one that we hadn't done, which we've already booked, but it was like, wow, that's fucking crazy. It's crazy, isn't Dude, it? When we wrote it, I'm like, imagine that, and all this like high-end, really cool stuff that would just at the time felt like a dream, the law of attraction, it's fucking all ticked. <laughs> yeah. I should find it, I'll send it to you, it's pretty cool. 100%. Um, my, uh, my last question um, before we get off, uh, mate, one pe- your best piece of advice for agents that haven't hit momentum but are trying, but you can't say discipline. I think meet with better people more consistently. Mm. This new Peloton thing the boys have got me into means on a Wednesday, you get up more earlier, get it done, and then drive and go and meet with someone that's inspiring. Because you'll get two things. You'll get inspiring, which is discipline, but I didn't say it. But you'll get inspired from that person. You'll learn something. You know, I think it's really important. So if, you, if, you can, if I can't say the D word, then I'd say just to spend more time with good quality people mm. as in agents. You know, like you look at my diary now, I think it's the next four or even six weeks every Wednesday there's someone I'm going to have breakfast with. Oh, nice. Cup coffee, even if it's coffee or a catch-up, sit with them, how's your business, what are you doing? Really? Yeah, even if you Still? Talk, yes, man. That's cool. Yeah, I've just I made a big commitment right. recently. Because yeah. a lot of our business, when I analyse it, is networking. Yeah. You know, like, you, like I'll go and meet an agent to say, can I come and have a coffee and learn? And, you know, like... It's fun, you know, we get on well, have a chat, have a laugh, learn a little bit, I get re-inspired. But then four weeks later, oh, mate, I've met someone in Manly selling, give them a call because I've built that relationship. Mm. So it's a two-way street and I like it. I don't want to call 100 people, you know, I want to build better relationships. Like all this stuff, now we've got a strong connection, we refer to each other. That's what I think is better. So, yeah, that that would be probably a bit. Love that. Legendary. Thank you. My last question, what's your biggest failure? Oh... Shivers, that's a great one. Trying to delete them all from my brain. <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, delete them all from your brain. You have to. <laughs> get rid of them. I don't know if there's a major one. Like, I'll tell you if there was. Maybe just when I was younger, going out of my own, and all the ego probably got in the way. I was at McGrath then, which was heavy ego business, which is good. That's why it's successful, but it was all ego and... Maybe did one good sale and think, you know, I'm going to kill mm. it and go out on your own and go, oh, it's not that easy and no one's here to hold my hand and everyone's cutthroat and learning that way and then stepping back into a team. Mm. I don't think it's a failure, but that was where I probably went out and thought mm. I was going to write a million dollars in my first year and then didn't and then went back in. So that's probably yeah. the one. The ego. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're all ego based. You're very ego now. Good. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the goal, man. Thanks. Legendary. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, guys.